0: Well good morning. good morning. First of all I want to thank everyone who gave for the uh, Thanksgiving food drive. Yes. Yes. Um, today we'll be handing out baskets. If you are someone that's here to pick up some of those baskets, they will be in the gym after the service um, this morning. And so you can go down to the gym and see Stephanie Blatner or Jim and they'll take care of you. Make sure that you get your turkey and all the, all the things that go with it. God is good. Just want to reiterate also that this uh, Tuesday's Worship and Testimony Night is at 6 p.m., not 6.30. Usually we have everything at 6.30, but this week it's going to be at 6 p.m. And then again, um, after the service today, uh, the EC kids are going to be meeting, the the teachers are going to be meeting, and everybody that's involved in it will be meeting right here up in the worship center for your meeting as we uh, are preparing to go to two services on January 8th. And praise God for that. Amen. God is doing some good things. So he is faithful. We're going to continue in our series, Give Thanks. I'm going to be reading from Psalm 100, and then we're going to go to uh, Psalm 105 and 106 and read a portion from each one of those psalms. But this is our series text from Psalm 100, and the, the whole psalm says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Hallelujah. This is the week that has been set aside in our country to give thanks to God for his faithfulness and for all that he's done in our lives, in our lives. In our in our nation, in our world, in our church. It's so important to give thanks, right? In Romans 1, it says that although they knew God, they did not honor him as God nor give thanks. And then their foolish hearts were darkened. So we want to be careful that we give thanks to God, no matter what is going on around us, because he is faithful. We're going to look at that in a little bit more depth today. Um, I'm going to read from Psalm 105 and then Psalm 106, and then we'll pray, and then we're going to dive into this. In Psalm 105, verses 1 to 15, and what's amazing today, I don't know if Joel realizes this, but in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, where it has David uh, praying and and writing out a psalm uh, there after they bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, uh, it's actually from Psalm uh, 105 and 106 that he's quoting, which is incredible. So some of these verses that... I'm going to be reading from Psalm 105. Joel read today from 1 Chronicles chapter 16. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, to you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When they were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. And then we're going to go on to Psalm 106 and read verses 1 through 5. These are two very long psalms, actually, so we're just barely touching on them. I remember when I was thinking, Psalm 105 and 106, Lord, what do you want me to pull from these two psalms? Because there's just so much there. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. Psalm 106, verses 1 through 5. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or or declare all his praise? Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you save them, that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. Let's pray. Father, we just are so thankful today that you have revealed yourself to us, and that you gave Jesus your son to to take our place, Lord God, to stand in the breach, to stand in the gap on our behalf, that we might have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And so, Lord, we're just trusting you right now that you're going to speak to our hearts today, and, God, that you're going to fill our hearts with thankfulness for who you are, and we give you glory, and we give you honor, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so faithful. And I thank God for all that he does. And for all that he is. You know, it starts out, Psalm 105 starts out by saying, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And so let's just do that right now. Let's just declare Let's just say, Lord, thank you. Jesus, we want to thank you and praise you. We give you thanks, God, for your faithfulness, Lord. For giving us life, Lord God. For giving your life that we might have eternal life. We thank you, Lord. Because you are worthy. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. We call out to Jesus. We cry out the name of Jesus. Jesus' name is powerful. When you call on the name, he moves. And then he says, make known his deeds. Don't hold it to yourself, but let people know. Make known his deeds among the peoples. And then sing. We did that this morning, right? Sing to him. Sing praises to him. And then it says tell. So when you make known what you're doing, you're telling what? Of his wondrous works. I don't go around and tell people about what Pastor Mike is doing. I go around and tell people what Jesus is doing. Amen. Tell of his wondrous works. And then glory in his holy name. Give him glory. And just you know, In other words, just be happy, rejoice, dance before him. Be glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Sink his presence continually. Notice that emphasis on the word seek. It's given three times right there in a row. Let's determine right now that we are going to be seekers of the Lord. Yes. That we are going to seek the Lord with all of our heart. You will search, seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So we need to be seekers of the Lord. How do you seek the Lord? Well, you've got to get into the word of God. If you want to know God, you've got to get into his word. This is his word. Everything that you need to know about God is right in here. And there's a, like, what was it, a couple weeks ago, what, when, when, when Jesus was, was just going to the disciples, it was the 40th day after he'd been raised from the dead. He was just about to be raised from the dead. And, and they said, Lord, are you, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Because, boy, they wanted to see those Romans defeated. They wanted it done right now. And he, is it at this time? And he says, it's not for you to know. So there's some things it's not for us to know, but everything you need to know is right in here. Everything you need to know is in here. And so get into the word of God. Seek his face. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer as a family. Spend time in prayer as a family reading the Word of God together. Make sure that this year at Christmas time when, you know, when, when we've got 24 days to Christmas and, and the Gospel of Luke has 24 chapters. So we can take one chapter each day as a family and say, well, on, on December 1st, we'll read Luke 1. On December 2nd, we'll read Luke 2. And we can read through the entire Gospel of Luke together as a family to to, till Christmas Eve. And then we can go back to Luke 1 and 2 again on Christmas Day and, and read through the Christmas st- Story with our families. And what a way for us to celebrate the Lord, to, to, to seek Him this time of year while, while we are remembering that God became a man. Amen. And He didn't come down full grown, He came as an absolutely helpless baby. It just amazes me every time we enter into the Christmas season and I realize, you know, the humility of God. That the God who spoke, see, nothing was, was made without Jesus. Do you understand that? It says that in John chapter 1, it says that in, in Hebrews chapter 1, that everything that was made was made through and with Jesus, right? And then he comes into the earth and he can't even feed himself. He has to have a mom and a dad to change his diapers, because they had Pampers back then. <laughs> they invented them for Jesus, and they forgot about them, and they came back later on, but they... <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> but just think about that. Seek the Lord. Find out about Him. Do whatever you have to do to find out. Take, take time. See, if you take time to be with Jesus, He's going to return that time back to you. He will honor you. But there's there's one word that I really, that just jumped out at me from these two portions of scripture that I want us to look at today. And that's that word remember. Remember. Here's a definition for remember to be capable of recalling when required, to keep in mind, to be continually aware of or thoughtful of. To preserve fresh in the memory. Oh, I like that one. Remember. To preserve fresh in the memory, to attend to, to think of with gratitude, affection, respect, or any other emotion. Remember. Remember. And so in verse 5, it says, Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his covenant. I mean, rather, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are on all the earth. So remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles. So the first thing that we're, we're called to do today is remember God's wondrous works. Think about it for a moment. Just take a, time, a moment to think about your life and go back in time. You know, maybe this Thanksgiving when we get together, you know, as a family, we've always had a, a, a little tradition of going around the table and, and giving thanks for something and letting, you know, everyone know what we're thankful for or, or sometimes we share our scripture with each, you know, with each other or whatever the Lord, however he leads us on that particular year to do something at Thanksgiving, right? But here he's telling us one thing that we need to do, one thing that we need to, to preserve fresh in our memory is, is what God has done in our lives, remember the wondrous works that he has done. You know, I remember so very vividly and clearly what my life was like before I was a Christian and the despair and the, the, the lack of hope and, and just the nothingness of my life. And then when Jesus came into my life, it was 100% completely, totally different. I remember how God has led us over the years. You know, and you can go back over your life and say, well, where, where did God show up in my life? You know, sometimes it's just little things. I remember one time when I was in Youth of the Mission, after I made a decision to, to, to really seek the Lord, because that's what we're called to do, right? Seek Him, seek Him, seek Him, and said three times. And I decided I have to seek God. If I'm going to overcome this, this marijuana problem that I have. I need to, to do something to really seek him. So I, I entered into a missions organization, and, a, and I was living in Concord, New Hampshire. It was for five months, and this was before I met my wife. And, and, and one day, the, 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 the woman who had led me to the Lord from Illinois, they had moved to New Jersey, but she drew, drove up to Concord, New Hampshire, and she came to see me and another friend, right? I, I think I shared this at Coffee Connection that day. So we went for a drive, and we got lost. We didn't know where we were, and, all, and then all of a sudden, her car just conked out and, you know, so there was two girls and me, and they, they looked to me to fix the car. Well, what do I know about cars? <laughs> Nothing. So I looked up the hood, and I said, yeah, that's an engine. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and then driving down the road, you know, we're, we're, we're facing this way, and then we turn around, and coming down the road, there's, there's this car coming. He pulls right in. Ah, he looks... Looks at it, he knew it was more than an engine. He knew in two seconds he'd fix whatever it was, clicked it, and the car started right up. So I expected him to keep going down the road the way he was coming. But he turned around and went right back the way he had come from. I said, wait a minute. Who, who was that? He just drove up, fixed it, turned around and went right back the same way. I mean, you ever have little things like that happen to you? One time Suzanne and I, we were in, we were in um, Bible college and she was working in downtown Providence and I went to school in East Providence. And so we were driving uh, into, into Providence that rush hour traffic was just, cars like mobbed on, on the highway there. And we got a flat tire. And you, you thought it was bad, you know, the traffic was bad before that. Here we are with a flat tire. Somehow all of a sudden this van comes up behind us. He just jumps out, fixes, fixes our tires, changes it. And, and, and I said, well, how much do I owe you? He goes, it's free today. And then, and then it's free today. And then we were getting back on the road and we're and we look for the van and the van's gone. We cannot find this van. And it, I'm telling you, traffic was mobbed. He goes, it's free today. He fixed our tire. God does these little things for us and he's, he wants us to remember these things and to keep them fresh. And, you know, think about something like this that has happened in your life. Throughout my life, God, has, God has, has led us by His power and by His Spirit. When we were left Youth of the Mission, we were in Bible college, and then we were working in a, in a, in a church in Barrington, Rhode Island. And, and I was praying, and, and I said, Lord, you know, I just don't know if this is where you want us to be. Where do you want us to go? And He just spoke so clearly to me, I want you to go back to Youth of the Mission, and I want you to lead the schools there. And I said, Oh, my wife had just, you know, had already said, We will never go back to Youth of the Mission. <laughs> I said I said, "Well, Lord, if if this is you, then you're going to have to speak to Suzanne." <laughs> 2 days later or something, maybe it was a day later, maybe it was the same day, I can't remember, but Suzanne came to me and said, "Mike, I think that we're supposed to go back to youth of the mission." <laughs> Fall on the floor. And we went back to youth of the mission. We were there for three years, and the Lord began to speak to us again. What should we do? So I began to fast and pray. I fasted for three days. We were seeking God because, and Suzanne was, Suzanne was seeking God one way. I was seeking God another way because <laughs> we were heading, uh, we went to, to New York. We actually went to Elizabeth, New Jersey, to this big hotel that uh, 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 this, one of the YWAM leaders named Nick Savoca was going to be opening up a ministry in the New York City area, and boy, I just wanted to go to New York City. You know, that was just, you know, that was something I wanted to do, but um, we had two little baby boys, and Suzanne was pregnant for the third, and she just wasn't up for that. So as we're going there to pray for that, I'm offered a position as a youth pastor in Greenville, Pennsylvania. And I just, I didn't even hesitate. I said, nope, sorry, thanks for the offer, but we're not going. But as we're fasting and praying for those three days, and as we go to New York City, I just lose all my peace. And I suddenly realize, wow, we're not supposed to go to New York. And so I, the Lord Suzanne was happy. I actually was too, because I want to do what God wants me to do. I don't want to presume one thing, you know, going to New York is missions, that's a great thing, right? But that wasn't what God had for us. So then as we heard God's voice and we, we, we walked in a saying, I called back the pastor. He said, I'm sorry, I offered the position to someone else. All right, thank you. Hang up. Well, we just started praying. Lord, is this what you wanted for us or did you have something else for us? No, this is what I want for you. Call him back again. I'm sorry, I, I've given this position to somebody. You know. Okay. Well, just keep us in mind if anything changes. I write them, we write them letters. We were going to, this again, we were still living in Concord, New Hampshire. So we were going to go to Illinois to see my family for vacation and we called them again. And I said, hey, listen, we're coming through. Do you mind if we just stop by? We're coming right through Pennsylvania, right by, you know, Greenville's right by 80. We were going right through. He says, yeah, you can come and stop by, but you know, I've offered the position to this other guy. Well, we stopped by anyway. Went to Illinois, and on the way back, we stopped by again. Met with uh, Pastor Farina from Greenville Christian Assembly. And he said, you know, I offered the position to this other guy, and I've been calling him, and I've been trying to get a hold of him, and I can't get a hold of him. And meanwhile, you've been calling me, you have written me letters, you come by, you drop by, you drop by again. He says, if you want the job, it's yours. That's how the Lord leads. Six years later, the Lord led us to Massachusetts, where we pastored in Revere, Massachusetts for nine years. And then about nine years there, both of us kind of started to realize that God was doing something else. And so I'm sitting on my front porch and I'm praying, and I'm saying, God, what do you want us to do? He's saying, I want you to move back to Pennsylvania. I want you to call Sam DeMarco, and I'm thinking, Oh, gosh, because Susanna just told me, we'll never move back to Pennsylvania. I mean, this is deja vu all over again, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, so, so I'm sitting on the front porch, and I'm, I'm literally just praying, and I, and I have my Bible open. You know, it's one of those weird days where I, I must have slept in, and I was doing my devotions late, because I never do that, as in Ever. And all of a sudden, she peeks her head out the front porch window. Hey, Mike. Hi, Sue. He goes, you know, I've been thinking, maybe you ought to call Sam DeMarco. <laughs> and it just blew my mind. But God has been faithful. I mean, these are just so many small little things of the stories that I can tell you, even of, of, of since we've been here, some of the things that God has been done, how we came here to this church. it just a, a little miracle. Because I was candidating in, up in Richmond Heights. I was planning to leave, but I wasn't planning to stay here. God dragged me over here. I didn't want to be here. I'm only kidding. <laughs> but, you know, when you, when you seek the Lord, when you glory in his presence, when you give thanks to God for everything that happens in your life, he leads you and he guides you. And he speaks clearly. And and for those of you who are married, he confirms it to both of you. You see, because I was never going to take one of these steps without Suzanne and I being in complete agreement with one another. You know, it doesn't make me the head of the household to force Suzanne to do something that we are not in agreement on. Because if God is in it, He's going to bring you to agreement as a husband and a wife. Now, if one of your if, if your spouse isn't married isn't married if your spouse isn't married, then he's not your spouse. If your spouse isn't a Christian, then that's a little bit maybe different of a situation. But we were both loving the Lord, serving the Lord together. And I I knew, being a shadow of a doubt, that as he was going to lead us, it was going to be with us being in agreement with one another. And it's always been that way. And uh, next week, I'm going to give some more parts of my testimony. But this is what he says, remember the wondrous works that he has done. You need to remember what God has done in your life. And it doesn't have to be these, you know, big, huge things. Like I said, it could be as simple as someone stopping on the side of the road, fixing your car, and going back again the same way you came. And, and, and you, you know, God moved. God did something. You know, the Bible tells us that oftentimes we could be entertaining angels unawares without knowing it. In Hebrews chapter 13, it tells us that. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Think of your life. Think of your life before you, you gave your heart to him, truly. Or think of what your life was like after you gave your heart to him, but you, were re, you weren't really leaning into him. You weren't really seeking him and, and what it was really like and, and just how, how miserable it can be. But then you turned again and you just rededicated. Was that song we sang this morning, Resurrender? You surrender to God and wow! God just turns things around. You know, because it, it also says, it, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 9, he tells us to remember and never forget how you turned away from me. How you made a golden calf and what that was like. So, so it's good to remember the things that God has done, but it's also good to remember what it was like without God. Because, man, I remember when God, you know, when, I, when God asked me this question, I was having a quiet time. I was in, in, in uh, Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. We were doing an outreach. And I was having a quiet time, and and the Lord asked me a question. And it's very similar to what what he did with Peter. And, And he said, Michael, do you love me? And I was floored. God was asking me, Michael, do you love me? You see, if my pastor had asked me or if Suzanne had asked me, because I didn't know Suzanne at the time. This was before I met her also. But if, 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 if anyone, if my brothers had asked me, if my mom had asked me, if my pastor had asked me, if, if my DTS director had asked me, the answer would have been, of course. Of course I love the Lord. But when the Lord spoke to me, he said, Michael, do you love me? I went, you mean maybe, maybe I don't love you? Why are you asking me this question? And you know, it's like with Peter three times. He said, Peter, do you love me more than these? And the third time says, Peter was hurt. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know all things. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. send my lambs. So here I was, God was asking. me. I was only 21 years old, so I'm a baby, right? And God's saying to me, Michael, do you love me? And I was all confused because of this. What does this question mean? You know I love you. I was like, you know I love you. But but that wasn't a good enough answer for me. And so the Lord just began to take me through my life. Through all the tragedies that happened when I was a child. Through alcoholic father, alcoholic stepfather, all of this stuff. Drugs, 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 alcohol, blah, blah, blah. And he just dropped another question into my mind. Do you want to go back to that? I said, no, Lord. I would never want to go back to that. I would never want to go back there. And then he said, see, you do love me. And so the reason he asked me the question was not because I didn't love him, but because he wanted me to see how much I actually did love him. And I said, I never want to go back there again. God is so good. Remember, remember the wondrous things that he has done. And then the next thing, verse 8 says, he remembers his covenant. Can you say, thank God. He remembers his covenant forever. He's asking you to remember his wondrous works, and he's telling you that he is going to remember his covenant forever. Oh, Lord, help me here. I have so much in my heart. Why is it good for us to remember what God has done? It's because sometimes things in your own life seem so bleak that it's tough to see God. Has that ever happened to you? Where things were so tough in your life that it was hard for you to see or believe that God was good? Or Psalm 77, starting at verse 7, it says, Will the Lord spurn forever? and never again be favorable? See, for those of you who have ever been there, you know, those of you maybe who've gone through these times of grief and the grief share, and, you, and you've been, you know, there, there's someone that's been there with you. He was a psalmist, and he wrote this out. Will, will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. God is going to be faithful. He remembers his covenant. He has been so good to us. How has he been good to us? I'm going to skip some of those verses, guys. I'm going to jump right down to Psalm 106 again, verse uh, 21 to 23. It says, They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Therefore, he said he would destroy them. Had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them? You see, all we like sheep have gone astray, right? Each one of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And so sometimes, you know, when we get to that place where we're asking, Lord, have you forgotten to be gracious? Have you. You know, back like we, we were talking about in Psalm 77, when, when sometimes we just, we just can't see what God is doing, you know, and God is going to have someone to stand in the breach on our behalf. So if you want to know why God remembers His covenant, it's because he has someone who's standing in the breach on your behalf. Now, who is that Someone. That someone is Jesus. You see, in Psalm 106 there, where it's talking about Moses, how Moses was his chosen one who stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Listen, he's a type of Jesus right there. He's a, he's a type of Christ right there. He's a type of the Messiah right there. Because Moses stood in the gap. He interceded for the children of Israel. He cried out. He even said, Blot my name out from the book if, if you're going to do this. Blot my name out. In other words, he was willing to take their place. What a picture of Jesus that is. That the reason that we know that we know that we know that no matter what happens or no matter what goes on in our life, that we know that God remembers is because he's remembering what Jesus did for you. And this is what, you know, we, we talked about this a while back. Jesus Jesus is that advocate. He's the one who comes alongside of you. And, 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 and he's the one who's going to argue before the Lord on your behalf. So that when you go before the Lord and the devil is going to be over there trying to condemn you and hurling insults at you and saying, this is what you did. This is what you did. First of all, the devil doesn't have to make anything up. He's gonna be telling the 100% of the truth. This is what you did, this is what you did, this is what you did. But Jesus is gonna stand in the breach and he's gonna say, yes, dad, it's true, but count it, charge it to my account, dad. I took their sin upon upon me. I took your wrath upon myself on that cross when the earth was dark for three hours when I cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So charge it to my account. You see, God is gonna remember his covenant because there's someone who stood in the breach on your behalf and so he will never forget You, it doesn't, listen, what are your circumstances? Are your circumstances saying that God has forgotten you? Well, listen, God has not forgotten you and he is allowing something for a time because he's, he does that. He allows things in our life, but he's going to come through stronger than you could ever imagine because God is on the throne because he's alive and because he is real because you will see your son again, Angie, because God restores and God heals Paul said this, if for only in this life we have put our hope in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. It's not about this life. Sometimes we get all hooked up on what's happening in this life and it's not all about this life. God has promised us eternal life through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so it doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair and you can't talk anymore. You're going to heaven. It's not about this life. You have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord Sherry. God is on the throne, and He is good, and He's always good. And we don't always understand. And sometimes we say, has He forgotten to be gracious? Because we're human. But know that Jesus died for you, and He didn't die in vain. And he loves you. And God remembers his covenant. He remembers. And the last point is verse 4 of Psalm 106. I'm going to read all of it again, verses 1 through 5. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for a steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? Listen, if we were to try to to utter and declare the mighty deeds of the Lord and all of his praise, we would all fall short. No matter how great you proclaim him to be, he's ten times greater still. No matter how mighty you think he is, he's a hundred times mightier still. And then it says, blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. And then he says this, remember me. So first we were, we were to remember the wondrous deeds the Lord has done. Then we were to know that he remembers his covenant forever. And then we cry out, Lord, remember me. Remember me. What is this based on? Verse 4, what says remember me is based on verse 3. He says, blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. See, when God comes into your life, when I was back there as that young man and God asked me, do I love you? I was so far removed from where I am today as a Christian. I've come a long way. And over the years, as I've dedicated to seek my life to seek Him and to be a follower of Christ, I have made it my heart's desire to do just what we read about. To observe justice and to do righteousness at all times. Have I been perfect at that? Ask my wife. She'll tell you, yes. No, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) No. But when you set your heart to observe justice, to do righteousness, and that's really what you want to do, God sends you a helper, the Holy Spirit, to come and to live inside of you, right? He'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He'll give you that power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power. And then you will begin to do. You know, I love what Psalm 119, verse 176 says, Lord, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. For I do not forget your commandments. You see, that's, that's what we hold on to. You know, I'm not holding on to me perfectly observing his his, uh, uh, his justice and doing righteousness all the time. I, I'm not trusting in me. I'm trusting in him. But I am also trusting that I am going to become more and more like him. And I'm going to be living a different way than I was before. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't get high anymore. Just, just I thought that you'd all be happy about that. I, I, you know... <laughs> I, I do things differently than I used to do them. I live differently than I used to live. And if you are someone who has put your faith in Jesus Christ, that's going to be true of you also. You're going to live differently. You're going to do things differently. You're going to go different places. You're not going to go places you used to go to. You're, going to, you're, you know, you're, you're probably going to find yourself in a different circle of friends. It doesn't mean to get rid of your friends, but you might find yourself in a different circle of friends. Because what does Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, the reason that he's able to say, remember me, is because he set his heart to observe justice and to do righteousness. You know, it, it says whoever is going to follow Jesus must walk as Jesus did. Right, Joel? That's from 1 John. We, we've got to begin to look more and more like Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We're going to begin to look more. And that is the evidence that we actually have faith. That's what James says. He says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my, my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. See, it's more than believing. Having, putting our faith in Jesus Christ has to translate into how we live and what we do and the things that we observe. It's got to change us from the inside out, Right? It's got to it's make a difference in us because if all we do is believe and we're not changed, well, you're just like the demons. They believe too. They believe. Let's let God change our lives so that, see, because when you say, remember me, it's based upon how you've lived your life. It's not based upon, see, he remembers his covenant is based upon what Jesus did. Remember me is based upon what you do. When you're saying, God, remember me, that's based upon what you do. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works? When he offered up his son Isaac on the altar, you see that faith was acting, was active rather, along with his works. And faith was completed by his works. You see... You know that your faith is coming to completion, coming to fullness, coming to fruition when the way you live, the things you do starts to line up with what you believe. And if that doesn't happen, then you need to re-surrender. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up right now. It says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. You see, the evidence of your saving faith is in how you live your life. So let's make it our goal. Let's commit ourselves at this time of thanksgiving to live our lives in such a way that we won't hesitate to say to God, remember me. Mm-hmm. And know, there's been times in my life as a Christian where that would have been hard for me to say. You know, sometimes when I read, like in Job chapter 30 and 31, where Job is talking about his blamelessness, I, I read that and I say, boy, I, I couldn't say some of the things he's saying here. Oh Lord, help me, help me, work in me. You know, there's never gonna be a time in my life as a, as a Christian where I'm gonna say, okay, I've arrived now, I don't need any more work, I don't need any more chiseling. You know, I love something, you know, what's the bridge of this song? Let me, let me read this, I, I just love the bridge of this song. He says, mark your people with your presence. Make us a place where you delight to dwell. May we heed your hand's correction. O oh Lord our shepherd, you do all things well. Your love as firm as it is tender. Your law is perfect and your judgment's true. So that's a good line right there. Your love is firm as it is tender. So many in today's world, in America, they want the love of God without the firmness. They just want the tender. But your love is firm. In other words, he will correct us. He will tell us, listen, Michael, you're going in the wrong direction on this one. You need to come back, back this way. Your love is firm as it is tender. Your law is perfect and your judgment is true. As we run to resurrender, surrender you will restore what we return to you. You are restoring. See, this is is the God that we serve. You know? So this Thanksgiving, don't just say you're going to have devotions with your family. Do it. Don't just say, I'm going to pray with my wife. Do it. Don't just say, I'm going to join a small group. Do it. Don't just say, I'm going to volunteer for a ministry. Do it. Don't just say, I think giving's a good idea. Do it. You see, sometimes people think that when they say something, they've done it. But saying it and doing it are two different things. Let's make a commitment this year. A commitment of resurrender. That we are going to be doers of the word. That we are going to observe justice. And that we are going to do righteousness to the best of our ability. And then we'll truly be able to say, Lord, remember me. So let's remember this now. Remember the wondrous works that God has done. And don't be afraid because he remembers his covenant forever. So let's live our lives in such a way that we can look to God this Thanksgiving and say, remember me, oh God, with favor. Because of my life dedicated to you. Let's worship the Lord. You can stand up.